Good evening, everybody. Episode 108. It is Tuesday, February 23rd, 742 p.m. And this show is not about hockey. And based on the ratings of last night's episode, I think people are glad. Now, listen, I had to do a hockey episode, and I'm sorry if you didn't like it. There were like 15 or 20 people who did. I promise tonight will be a little more entertaining. Jeez, you guys have turned into prudes. Just because you don't like what dad's cooking for dinner, you still have to eat. So anyway, what are we talking about tonight? Well, I, I, I want to talk about Coca-Cola. And there's a very interesting tale that I want to talk about Coke. And maybe you heard it in the news is that they have decided to say, hey, white people, can you be a little less white? Interesting. I wonder if they're going to ask the polar bear on their Christmas commercials if maybe he or she could be a little less white. Perhaps they could go to the polar bear and say, could you be more brown bear or black bear or a nice golden honey bear color? But I don't think Coke will do that. I think Coke will do what it always does and be hypocrites. Because tonight I'm going to talk to you not about black and white, because ultimately I think black and white is one of the largest issues when it comes to how we describe each other. Stephen Biko, who is South Africa and was put on the trial of his life because of the color of his skin with apartheid in South Africa. Great movie, Cry Freedom, which was made um, with Denzel Washington, I believe Kevin Klein. It was fantastic. I saw it in high school. And in that movie, he's facing a judge, and this judge with disdain looks at Denzel Washington and says, why do you call yourselves black? You're more brown than black. And Stephen Biko looks at the judge, or Denzel Washington, and says, why do you call yourself white? You look more pink than white. And I think there's an obvious answer, because we've read all these books about white fragility and unconscious bias and toxic masculinity, and all of these theories that are taught in all the Fortune 500 companies, I've been through three of them with three different Fortune 15 companies, and I will tell you, they're all the same. They're all hypotheses, and there's really no validity to them, but there is one thing, is that when we describe the races, the color black and white is synonymous with good and evil. And when you look at black and white symmetry and you look at the poems and you look at advertisements, you even look at cartoons like Spy versus Spy or people who have disdain for black and white movies or from a younger generation, or you look at the the darkness of Russia versus the light of the United States, you look in biblical proportions at the light of heaven and the fire and brimstone and darkness of hell. Black and white symmetry is throughout everything we do. And by calling a specific race of people black, it's purposeful. And just like we call ourselves white is also purposeful. Now, are you going to hit me up about white fragility and say, Matt, what are you doing? Are you, are you advocating for white fragility? No, I'm advocating for stop calling people black and white because that's not what we are. We're human beings. And an a-hole is an a-hole and it has nothing to do with their skin color. I think Coca-Cola needs to understand this, and they don't, because I'm going to go through the history of Coca-Cola, and I think you're going to be surprised. My own personal history with Coke, an addiction to Coke, which is interesting because it's true, and also my struggles with Coke, with weight, with my teeth, with diabetes, and other things, and I think you're going to be surprised Because like Disney that has this sterling reputation, which I decided to do another show on Disney and go into the pedophilia accusations 
and the hidden agendas in its films and some of the propaganda and the anti-Semitism coming from the top, you'll be interested. But Coca-Cola is by far worse. I'm going to prove it to you tonight. I'm going to show you tonight. So I hope you stick around. That would be a good thing. And you will hopefully enjoy the show. So I'm going to tell you about a joke about two Marines and an Army guy. They're getting on a plane and they're going to their destination. And one Marine sits uh, by the window seat. And the other Marine sits up front in the middle seat of the other Marine. They're friends. And as they're waiting for the plane to board, it's pretty much an empty flight. And one Army guy comes up and sits on the aisle seat next to the first Marine. As he sits down, he pulls off his boots and pulls off his socks and gets his book out and just kicks his feet up. And the plane takes off and they go. And the Marine kind of looks back at the other Marine going, Army guys. And of course, the Army guy pays no heed to the Marines. And the one Marine says, man, I'm thirsty. I'm going to go get a Coke. And the army guys go, dude, let me go do it. I got it for you. You're in the, you're in the aisle seat. Let me go. So he gets up, walks up to the stewardess and grabs a Coke. That army guy or the Marine guy leans over and grabs the boot of the army guy and just spits a loogie right in one of the boots and sets it down. And the army guy comes up and goes, Hey man, here's your Coke. Marine's like, thanks man. I appreciate it. Thanks army. And he starts drinking his Coke. Well, the guy in front kind of turns around and goes, dude, I want a Coke. And our guy's like, let me go get it for you. So he stands up, walks away, and that guy reaches over the seat and grabs the other boot and spits a loogie in it and sets it down. And Army comes back, and he sits down and hands it to the, the Marine in front of him. And the Marine goes, hey, man, thanks, Army. I appreciate it. He drinks it. Well, the flight goes through, and they're about 45 minutes from landing. And they go through that, and then 15 minutes to landing. So the Army guy goes down, and he puts on his, his, uh, his socks and his boots, and he feels the spit and both marines start cracking up and the army guy looks at the marines and says when is this going to stop this hatred this vitriol between our services the jealousy we have to stop no more spitting in boots and peeing in cokes the Marine Corps, and I love a good military joke. Folks, thanks for being here. Thanks for stopping by. My name is Matt Spear. I am the owner, director, camera guy, host of Don't Unfriend Me. And what do we do here? Well, first, before we do any of that, you can like, subscribe, and share right here. Follow me on YouTube on that little envelope in the lower right-hand corner. If you wouldn't mind sharing some YouTube and going over there and liking, it's not, that channel just won't grow. And really, it's because there are hundreds of thousands, millions of people in competition to get likes and shares and follows. Doing great on Facebook, but YouTube's lagging a little bit behind. Please go over there and throw me a like and follow. And also, if you would do that on Facebook, we're very close to 10,000 users. And sometime next week, I think we will hit 10,000 users, which will be a milestone. And I'm very excited about that. So please do that. Here are all my call signs. So you can follow me, head on over to my website, and all of that stuff. What do we do here? Why do we do it? Well, Don't Unfriend Me was born because an argument that took place between a friend of mine and myself and also uh, godparents of my kids decided to defriend us because my wife had an opinion that differed from them when it came to voting for the president. And 
They threw away a relationship that lasted almost 15 years. Nobody's fault, just an argument. But then Don't Unfriend Me was born. Got sick of doing that. So I let you know what you're going to hear here. You're going to hear things that you may like, you may dislike, you disagree with. It will probably be different than what you're hearing from the narrative. But ultimately, all I ask is that you don't unfriend me. Be less white. Coca-Cola addresses the backlash for employee training program confronting racism. And Robin D'Angelo, in the course from Robin D'Angelo, the best-selling author of White Fragility, which I have read, and I will link that to you right here, the White Fragility, which I read the book, and I tried not to vomit. I did use it for toilet paper during COVID. Gives you the vocabulary and practices you need to start confronting racism and unconscious bias at the individual level and throughout your organization. There's no magic recipe for building an inclusive workplace, she says. It's a process that needs to involve people of color and that needs to go on for as long as your company is in business. This created immediate backlash. And when this leaked and it was found out, Coca-Cola had a response. And it's interesting to hear their response. And that's why I'm bringing you the show today. Coca-Cola spokesperson confirmed that the course is part of a learning plan to help build an inclusive workplace, but also noted that the video circulating on social media is from a publicly available LinkedIn learning series and is not a focus of our company's curriculum, although everyone takes it. It's interesting. Coca-Cola decides to throw LinkedIn under the bus. I'm sure LinkedIn just loves that and wants to thank Coca-Cola for absolutely destroying one of the only platforms that are considered social media left that have any integrity. Alas, Coca-Cola decides to throw them under the bus. But this isn't the first time for Coca-Cola. In fact, Coca-Cola and I have a long history. I alluded to it earlier in my monologue. I'll show you some pictures of my teeth, and these are not pretty. I warn you, if you're on the podcast, you might be thankful. There's a very serious problem that I had with my teeth is I had calcium deposits. Some parts of my teeth are extremely strong. Some were very, very soft. And the acidity level and the sugar of Coca-Cola rotted my teeth. It wound up being almost $25,000 in damage, and here's just a few pictures and the bill for my teeth, if you don't believe me, and they're still not perfect. In fact, I've got a crack here, and I've got a couple cracks in the back, and I avoid the dentist because I have had every tooth in my head pretty much have a root canal or a crown put on it. I've had metal pins put in my teeth. I've had full reconstruction on some of my teeth due to an accident I had in the military. It has been a long and and trying road when it comes to dental hygiene for me. It's not like I don't brush my teeth. It's just unfortunate that I have the curse of the English, which is bad teeth. Because I don't have a proclivity of being a sanctimonious ass like most British people. Sorry to my British listeners. But I will tell you, it also created a lot of problems with obesity and diabetes and borderline diabetes and a person who's hypoglycemic. And all of those are choices. And I'm not blaming Coca-Cola. You can't blame Coca-Cola. You can blame the stupidity of our country of giving children Coke. I would go through a 12-pack a day. The amount of sugar and calories that I was putting and caffeine in my body was horrendous. I certainly didn't understand the damage I was doing, and either did my family back then. But still today, we see 64-ounce Big Gulps and supersized Coca-Colas at McDonald's, predominantly in impoverished areas that can't afford good quality food. So what do they do? They purchased fast food. And I'm going to show you how this is systematically killing minorities faster than any other race in the United States. 
Since its invention by John Stith, an English bloke from Pemberton, in 1866, criticisms of Coca-Cola as a product and the of the business practices of Coca-Cola Company have been significant. The Coca-Cola Company is the largest soft drink company in the world, distributing over 500 different products. Since the early 2000s, the criticisms of the use of Coca-Cola products, as well as the company itself, escalated with criticism leveled at the company over health effects, environmental issues, animal testing, economic business practices, and employee issues. What's also interesting is a lot of people don't say it, including Wikipedia, which Coca-Cola has had it scratched from Wikipedia and most papers, is the use of cocaine or coca leaves inside their product, which they had to change their formula in the 1900s. But it did have levels of cocaine or the effects of coating in its Coca-Cola. Can you imagine the sales now today with these kids eating Tide Pods and huffing paint? Would you like to have a Coke with me and trip our balls off? Wouldn't that be fantastic? The problem with Coca-Cola is they don't take any responsibility for what they do. And like the cigarette companies and conglomerate tobacco, they deny everything as far as diabetes or the preservatives you put in your body, which narrow and push against your arteries, which create heart disease. It's not cholesterol that kills you. It's the narrowing of your arteries that it does from all the crap that's in our food. And then eventually cholesterol will kill you. But I know a lot of people who are not obese, who have high cholesterol and live a very fluid and normal life. Coca-Cola plays a part in that, including eating Big Macs and French fries and pizza and anything else you want without any concerns about your health. This isn't a lecture. It's simply an education process on what you put into your body. And Coca-Cola and high fructose corn syrup single-handedly is the worst possible thing that you can put in your body ever. Well, maybe instead of drinking bleach. The Coca-Cola company has been faced with multiple lawsuits concerning the various criticisms since its invention by John Stith. The product, the business practices, all of those things we've already talked about, and we've talked about how large of a conglomerate it actually is. Coca-Cola products, as well as the company itself, escalated with criticism leveled at the company over these health effects that were so severe. The first one was caffeine, United States versus 40 barrels and 20 kegs of Coca-Cola. In 1916, 1916, there was a federal suit under which the U.S. government unsuccessfully attempted to force the Coca-Cola company to remove caffeine from its products. Bottles. Escola versus Coca-Cola Bottling Company. In 1944, Escola was a waitress in a restaurant. She was putting away glass bottles of Coca-Cola when one of the bottles spontaneously exploded in her hand. She successfully argued that the company was liable. Health effects. Coca-Cola is rich in sugar and high fructose corn syrup, which is not sugar, especially sucrose, which causes dental carries when consumed regularly, which I showed you in those photographs. That was because of Coca-Cola and because I have bad teeth. Besides this, the high caloric, caloric, high caloric value contributes, that means calories, folks, contributes to obesity. Both are major health issues in the developed world. I'll show you a little bit later all about that. According to the Harvard School of Public Health in 2015, people who drink one to two cans of sugary beverages daily are 26% more likely to develop type 2 diabetes. That's one to two cans. Imagine doing 12. I was on the course to death at an early age. Medical News Today reported on a study claiming 184,000 global deaths are each year are down to sugary 
drink consumption and owned by sugary drink consumption. Nutrition. Rosemary Stanton has criticized the company's reduced sugar options as a can of Coca-Cola with stevia. Still contains 37% of an adult's recommended daily intake of sugar. How many of you know that? Vitamin water. The biggest tragedy ever done to water. The great thing about water is that it's zero calories with zero additives. It's, it's not, if you have to add something to water, it's not water. In January 2009, the U.S. Consumer Group, the Center of Science and the Public Interest, filed a class action lawsuit against Coca-Cola. The lawsuit was in regards to claims made along with the company's flavors of vitamin water. Claims say that the 33 grams of sugar are more harmful than the vitamins and other additives are helpful. Coca-Cola insists the suit is ridiculous. Coca-Cola and Catalan language. In Catalonia, there has been controversy regarding Coca-Cola's refusal to print its labels in Catalan. On 12 December 1993, the platform for the Catalan language managed to make a world record by bringing together more than 15,000 empty Coca-Cola cans in Barcelona's central square, Placa de Catalunya. Ooh, that may not be pronounced correctly, and I do have a French accent, and I don't, it's not even French, it's Spanish. And using them to build a giant sign that read, Let's Label in Catalan. At the time, the organization adopted the motto, the Coca-Cola label, in 135 languages around the world, but not in Catalan. On May 31st, 2014, Platforma per la Lingua, recalling the act of the 12th of December. This is what happens when you have a company that's all over the world, is you have to somehow speak every language, which I do not. Of the 12th of December, 1993, collected over 40,000 Coca-Cola cans for making a mosaic with the letters label in Catalan in the heart of Barcelona, Catalonia at Placa de Catalunya. To demand the company label in Catalan after more than 20 years of lawsuits. Mislabeling. The POM Wonderful LLC versus Coca-Cola. In 2014, POM Wonderful unsuccessfully argued that Coca-Cola's Minute Maid division mislabeled a product as a pomegranate and blueberry juice when it was made from 99.4% from apple and grape juices. How did they lose that case? Well, there was a 0.06% chance and they lost it. Rimshot, rimshot, rimshot. Where's the rimshot? Go. POM Wonderful said this labeling caused unfair loss of sales of its own pomegranate and blueberry juice. That's why. They don't care that it was an outright lie. They just care that they didn't make as many sales. Environmental issues, water use, probably one of the most important things. Plak Imada, Coca-Cola struggle in 2004, March. Local officials in Kerala shut down a $16 million Coke bottling plant and blamed for them for a drastic decline in both quantity and quality of water available to local farmers and villagers. In April 2005, the Kerala High Court rejected water use claims, noting that wells there continued to dry up last summer, months after the local Coke plant stopped operating. Further, a scientific study requested by the court found that while the plant had aggravated the water scarcity situation, the most significant factor was a lack of rainfall. The case has been appealed and a decision is pending. In the investor summit held in Indoor, Madhya Pradesh, in 2016, the state of government allocated land for Coca-Cola plant at Babai in I'm done saying these names. The government gave all the required permissions but did not publicize the RS750 crore investment project due to the controversies of water exploitation by the company. It became a serious issue and Chief Minister the from the SSC distanced himself from the project. 
the residents of Babai opposed the project as the plant, when built, would consume tens of thousands of liters of water daily, thereby depleting the water level of the nearby river Narmada. In order to stop the project, residents started a signature campaign to garner support for the cause and passed a resolution against the company. They also attacked state government that on one hand it was talking about taking measures to save the river and on the other hand gave permission to set up the plant. Packaging. The company is the single largest plastic polluter in the world, producing over 3 million tons of plastic packaging each year. The head of sustainability, Bay Perez, has said they will regardlessly continue to use plastic, stating customers like them because they reseal and are lightweight. Packaging used in Coca-Cola's products has a significant environmental impact, but the company strongly opposes attempts to introduce mechanisms such as container deposit legislation. In 2013, the company was criticized in Australia for undertaking litigation that led to the invalidation of a bottle recycling deposit. In 2017, Greenpeace published a report criticizing Coca-Cola's use of single-use plastic bottles. The report is especially critical of the company's failure to reach the goals it set to source 25% of its bottles from recycled or renewable sources. And the non-existence of targets to reduce its use of single-use bottles since then. Greenpeace also claims that Coca-Cola has actively lobbied against recycling and deposit return schemes in several European countries, while at the same time maintaining a green marketing facade, with vague promises and false solutions such as sizable donations to schemes that put the emphasis of anti-littering on the consumer instead of the producer of the litter itself. In 2019, Coca-Cola admitted that it produced produced over 3 million tons of plastic, also known as over 6 million pounds of plastic packaging every year. I had to do the calculation. That's incredible. 6 million pounds. No, that's 6 billion pounds. 6 billion. That's, that's incredible. But like Sometimes when you take your notes, you don't quite just read everything because you want to make sure, you know, you, you don't do this for 17 hours, folks. But that is incredible. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, so six, I think it's six million pounds of plastic. I have to do the math. But either way, it's incredible. Sales stopped in January 2017. Tabil Sangalina Sangalina, the TNS VSP called for its, that's so much easier. Why don't you start with that? TNS VSP called for its members to stop selling Coca-Cola and PepsiCo products to show solidarity with local farmers who have been complaining about groundwater depletion caused by these companies in the 2016-17 Tamil Nadu is in the midst of a severe drought which continues to fuel the animosity. TNVSP consists of over 6,000 local trade associations and boasts about 1.5 million traders across Tamil Nadu, a southern Indian state. The boycott came into effect from March 1st, and the majority of the small and medium-sized vendors were reported to have stopped stocking the products. The move, oh, the move continues to receive strong support while containing to gain momentum during the JP protests. Air pollution in 2014, the company was accused of 27 Clean Air Act violations at a Minute Maid plant in Michigan. Animal testing in 2007, the Coca-Cola company announced it would no longer conduct or directly fund laboratory experiments on animals unless required by law to do so. 
The company's announcement came after PETA criticized the company for funding invasive experiments on animals, including one study in which experimenters cut into the face of chimpanzees to study the animal's nerve impulses used in the perception of sweet taste. I am not a Greenpeace spotted owl loving person, but that is one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard in my life. Animal abuse. Those people have a special place in hell along with pedophiles, in my opinion. Let's not forget that Coca-Cola can dissolve and neutralize battery acid on a car. It can be used to clean chrome. We used to scrub our pipes with it on our ship to get it to glow a certain color. You can dissolve pennies in it, and you can put a worm in it, and after a few days, that worm will be liquefied goo. That stuff is horrible. Some experimenters have criticized PETA's campaign against Coca-Cola and the other companies, claiming that their work would be stalled if they lost corporate funding. Oh, boo, who? Economic business practice, anti-competitive practices. In 2000, a United States federal judge dismissed an antitrust lawsuit filed by PepsiCo Incorporated accusing Coca-Cola of monopolizing the market for fountain dispensed soft drinks in the United States. In June 2005, Coca-Cola in Europe formally agreed to end the deals with shops and bars to stock its drinks exclusively after a European Union investigation found its business methods stifled competition. In November 2005, Coca-Cola's Mexican unit, Coca-Cola Export Corporation, and a number of its distributors and bottlers were fined $68 million for unfair commercial practices. Coca-Cola is appealing the case, of course. Channel stuffing settlement. On July 7, 2008, Coca-Cola compromised to pay, compromised to pay $137.5 million to settle an October 2000 shareholder lawsuit. Coca-Cola was charged in a, dis, a U.S. district court for the Northern District of Georgia with forcing some bottlers to purchase hundreds of millions of dollars of unnecessary beverage concentrate to make its sales seem higher. Institutional investors led by Carpenter's Health and Welfare Fund of Philadelphia and vicinity accused Coca-Cola of channel stuffing or artificial inflation of Coca-Cola's results, which gave investors a false picture of the company's health. The settlement applies to Coca-Cola common stock owners from October 21, 1999 to March 6, 2000. Investments and operations in apartheid South Africa. Coca-Cola entered South Africa in 1938 and after the beginning of the official white South African government's policy of apartheid. Our separate development beginning in 1948, the company grew rapidly by the 1980s at the height of a racial oppression with 90% of the market. Coke dominated the soft drink industry with sales in the hundreds of millions of dollars accounting for 5% of the parent company's global market. Coke employed 4,500 workers operating under the racially segregated housing, workplace, and wages, and was one of the largest employers in the country. 1982, in South Africa, black workers asked the community to boycott Coke and called two work stoppages until the company agreed to recognize and bargain with their union, raise its workers' low wages significantly, and share information on who controls their pension fund. As a result of that, Coke's economic support of white South Africa and its apartheid system in the 1980s, it became a major target of organizers across the U.S. country against U.S. and corporate economic support for apartheid in the U.S. boycotts, then spread across the country to many universities, including Tennessee State, Penn State, and Compton College in California, which established a Coke-free campus. Demonstrations were held by the Georgia Coalition and the AFSC at Coca-Cola's Atlanta headquarters. 
In South Africa in 1986, the Coca-Cola response was to donate U.S. $10 million to a fund to support improvements of housing and education for black South Africans and to announce plans to sell its 30% share of a major bottler and a 55% share of a canning operation within six to nine months. The company's assets were estimated at $60 million. Their annual sales were circa U.S. $260 million. And with 4,300 workers, one of the largest U.S. employers in South Africa. However, the movement in the U.S. demanded full um, devastature. 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 Oh, i got to look this one up. A word I don't know. That's rare, folks. Uh Divestiture. Oh, divestiture. Yes, the action or process of selling the off subsidy business interests or investments. Divestiture. Sorry, folks. And did not accept the company's offer to sell a major portion of the holdings to a South African firm. After democratic elections that produced Mandela's majority rule government, Pepsi sought to re-enter the South African market. And if, in fact, Coke never truly left the country, leading to overwhelming dominance through the rest of the 20th century. Pepsi adhered to the different social imperatives and suffered exceptionally low market share as a result. Indeed, in the late 2000s, Coke's market share of the soft drink market in South Africa was estimated at 95% and Pepsi's at 2%. Marketing issues. In 2001, Coca-Cola reportedly paid Warner Brothers a unit of Time Warner $150 million for the exclusive global marketing rights to at least one Harry Potter movie and subsequently enticing children to drink more soft drinks, a movie criticized by the Center of Science and the Public Interest. On August 9, 2015, New York Times published an article that revealed that Coca-Cola had made a large investment to the nonprofit called the Global Energy Balance Network, which promoted a scientific solution to the obesity crisis, which was that more exercise rather than cutting back on calories was the way to maintain a healthy weight. Health experts stated that the nonprofit's message was misleading and part of Coke to deflect criticism about the role the company played in the spread of obesity and type 2 diabetes. Does this not sound like big tobacco with the Center for Tobacco Studies? Connection to Israel, far, the Israeli far right wing. On May 7, 2010, Haaretz published that Coca-Cola has donated 50,000 NIS, approximately $14,000 to far right-wing organizations, Imturitsu, the organization that was declared by Israeli court to have certain lines of resemblance to fascism, asked to leave the donation private, but the Israeli Corporations Authority forced the organization to publish the donation. Employee issues with racial discrimination in November 2000, 2000, so almost 21 years ago, they're finally getting around to racial sensitivity training. Coca-Cola, your sense of urgency is fantastic. Coca-Cola agreed to pay $192.5 million to settle a class action racial discrimination lawsuit and promised to change the way it manages, promotes, and treats minority employees 21 years later. In the U.S., in 2003, protesters at Coca-Cola's annual meeting claimed that black people remained underrepresented in top management at the companies, were paid less than white employees, and fired more often. In 2004, Luke Visconti, a co-founder of Diversentilic. That's a spelling mistake. Darn you, Wikipedia. Diversity, Inc., which diverse intellect, is that what I said? Wow. Which rates companies on their diversity efforts said because of the settlement decree, Coca-Cola was forced to put in management practices that have put the company in the top 10 for diversity. 
2001. Trade Union filed a suit against Coca-Cola in a Miami district court. The union alleged that Coca-Cola bottling partners, uh, BDAP and Panamco, assisted paramilitaries in murdering several union members. The court decided charges would be considered against the partners, but not Coca-Cola itself. Of course not. Because when you're too big to fail, you can't face murder charges. On September 4, 2006, Judge Martinez dismissed the remaining claims against the two bottlers, Toretti versus Coca-Cola. In 2005, one of 105 Coca-Cola employees in Turkey were terminated for their union activity, and these employees, some of who were joined by family members, were physically attacked by members of the Sevik Kuvet during peaceful demonstrations against their terminations. The list goes on and on. I thought about taking my own notes and it was too extensive. So I went to Wikipedia and I went to some other sources and read Coca-Cola's history and civil rights issues and business practices and its lack of ethical standards when it comes to the health of America. And there's a slide that I want to talk to you about. And it's interesting when you think about this because it's important to know the truth. The problem with Coca-Cola is that it is served in predominantly every fast food restaurant in America. I even think Taco Bell is the one of the only fast foods that I can think of that adheres to Pepsi alone. And that could have changed because I haven't eaten there in five years. I cut out all sugars out of my life, minus natural sugars, and occasionally some honey or brown sugar. But when it comes to soda, I haven't had a soda in almost five years. I refuse to drink it anymore. It literally changed my life. It changed my energy levels. It changed my teeth, my health, my heart, my body, and how I responded. But there is a race of people who are systematically being wiped out. And heart disease and obesity is one of the most severe things in America today. And I will show you a couple slides about that. But right now, predominantly black men, black women, Hispanic men and Hispanic women are morbidly obese. And over 60% of black women are obese. And it has a direct link to do with high soda and sugary intake from products like Coca-Cola. And it's at all fast food restaurants. It's sold by liters and gallons in some places. And it's being used as a supplement for water, the best natural hydrating source on the planet. And what Coca-Cola uses isn't water. The bottled water isn't even really water. All of these things that Coca-Cola does to monopolize the market is simply to make a dollar. And whether it's Dasani or Mountain Spring or Arrowhead or Perrier or anything else, Coca-Cola and Pepsi have their claws into it. Diabetes is a killer. Heart disease is a killer. Obesity is a killer. And if you look that there are 10 teaspoons of Coke or sugar inside of Coke, your daily limit can be reached with just a couple of sips. The human body is not supposed to intake that much sugar. You've seen the damage of what it does to my teeth. You've seen what the damage that it did to my heart and my body. And some of you have seen the pictures, what happened when I went through my back surgery. And that glutton attitude of sitting around and drinking soda all day was one of the worst things that I could possibly do to my own body. Am I saying that you can't have a Coke occasionally? No. Am I saying you can't have it every day? Also, no. This is America, and you can drink and eat whatever you want. And according to the U.S. Constitution, it doesn't matter if you're killing yourself or not. 
but I would challenge you to take the Coke and Pepsi challenge of getting it out of your life. You can tell the difference. You may not tell the difference between Pepsi and Coke, but your body and your mind and your energy level will thank you. What I find so hypocritical about Coca-Cola is that they are doing this diversity training and they're pretending that it's your fault for being white when truly it's Coca-Cola's fault for being one of the largest and highly impactful on the negative scale to minorities in our country due to its peddling of addictive caffeine and sugary drinks and getting our youngsters hooked on it by buying Harry Potter films or unfair business practices or literally being involved in murder to get their way. Coca-Cola has no right to preach anything to its employees. It really needs to take a look in a mirror and have a Coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you for being a part of Don't Unfriend Me. If you enjoyed tonight, please stop by again. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share right here. Also, give me a, a follow and all of that on Facebook. It would mean a great deal to me. And God wouldn't kill a puppy if you do that. You can contact the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255-PRESS-1 if you are suffering from traumatic brain injury, depression, anxiety, PTS. There is a phone number that can help you. The Veteran Crisis Hotline is there 24 hours, 7 days a week. They will help civilians too. Please reach out. If you can't talk to a veteran, you recognize those signs, call me and I will make that phone call with you. Or you can go to my site at www.dontunfriendme.com and I will ensure that you get that link directly free through Skype in a video conference with a counselor right now, free of charge. Folks, thank you for joining me for episode 108. We're going to be at 109 shortly. We're going to eclipse uh, that 8,000 mark, which is great. We're really on our way to 9,000. And then we will do the 10,000 countdown. I'm really excited for that. And I will see you all tomorrow for a whole new episode of Don't Unfriend Me. And remember, whether you enjoyed it tonight or you didn't, all I ask is that you don't unfriend me. See you tomorrow.